Welcome to the STEM Sync Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal McLean, amplifying unique life stories to encourage and motivate people of color with an interest in science, technology, engineering, and math. As a black female engineer, I found that a key resource that kept me encouraged along my education and career pursuits is something we often overlook and that is people. My hope is to leave listeners feeling empowered while gaining insight on endless opportunities along the STEM education and career pathway. Thanks for joining me today for a candid conversation as guests share their journeys and resources to help you reach beyond your untapped potential, connecting you to purpose. Now let's sing. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the STEM Sync Podcast. As you know, I'm your host, Crystal McLean, and today I am overly excited about this specific guest. And I'm not even going to talk a lot because she's going to give so much information. The reason I'm excited about having this guest is because Miss Jamila Muhammad is actually the mother of one of my beautiful mentees. So, Jamila, welcome to today's episode. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for um, inviting me onto your show. I'm really excited and um, I can't wait to get started. Absolutely. I think it's interesting to maybe start with a little bit about yourself. So can you give the listeners some information about you? Sure. So again, my name is Jamila Muhammad. Um, I was born and raised in Chicago, Illinois. Um, I have a career as a Spanish teacher, but um, uh, as an after-school program, I have a, uh, a club called the College Prep Club. It's a club that I started because I saw a lack of resources for students who had college aspirations. So for about six years, I um, had this after-school club and it was at the middle school level. Um, the high school, for some reason, wasn't able to participate, but um, I start my students as early as middle school with the college application process. So yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And tell the listeners uh, where you're located, because this is really interesting. Yes, I am on um, a remote island about two and a half uh, hours south of uh, mainland Japan. Uh, it's an island called Okinawa. Mm-hmm. I've been teaching here for about six years. It's, it's been about six years that I've um, been teaching here. Um, yes, it's with the Department of Defense. I think it's also important for the listeners to get some insight as to how you and I even came into contact with one another and why we have this relationship. So I'll let you tell the story. Yes, this is the most exciting part. So um, my daughter, uh, daughter's name is Alia Osman, and she had um, interests in STEM. Initially, she wanted to be a doctor. Mm. And um, so that's where we were headed. Okay, yeah, you're going to be a doctor, get ready. Um, She looked into going to school in Cuba because in Cuba, the Cuban government offers um, Latinos and African-American students um, a free uh, uh, medical uh, education um, in return 
for going back to their communities, um, impoverished communities to give back. Mm -hmm. So we had even gone to Cuba and, and talked to doctors and that was the thing, she was going to be a doctor. Mm. And her senior year, she changed. She had taken some kind of um, test online to determine what your career should be based on your personality, skills and interests. And it came up a water engineer and I'm like, whoa <laughs> so i'm like oh my gosh okay water engineer engineer okay so as uh, she had graduated 2019 and i knew as a teacher as a sponsor of the college prep club mm -hmm. that um students in engineering um about 50 percent drop out um before graduation especially mm -hmm. the first year um that's that a year that weed out year where they're yeah. giving you all of these really really hard classes mm -hmm. to see if you can hang with the 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 the, the content yeah um, and so I knew as a parent that I was going to have to support my daughter also as an African American girl I know sometimes um, African Americans or Latinos are overlooked and perceive perhaps not as smart. So mm -hmm. I knew that um, I had to, um, to, to, to be a part of her process. So I went online, um, I Googled, I don't know, I was Googling um, Af African-American women <laughs> in engineering, because I'm, I'm trying to see how did these women become successful? Mm -hmm. um, is there a model out there that we can follow? Uh, maybe a picture so I can say, oh, Aaliyah, you want to be just like her. You can do it. She did it. And then I came across um, <laughs> the engineer of the year, uh. 2019. <laughs> and I'm like, Crystal McLean. I was like, gosh. Um, she looks so young. And so I started reading the profile and I'm like, wait a minute, Japan, mm -hmm. Yokosuka. Right. I'm like, oh my gosh, I must contact this woman. And, um, honestly speaking, I was a little nervous, um, to, to make contact with you because, um, I didn't know how you would receive me. Mm. Um, sometimes people are really busy mm -hmm. and you know, you just don't know what people's uh, motives are. Right. And I said, you, you really have nothing to lose. Your daughter has chosen to become an engineer and she cannot do it by herself. Mm. So I called you mm -hmm. and you answered the phone and I was really blunt with you. I was like, look, my name is Jamila and I have a daughter who is um, studying engineering. And yeah. I believe I said something like she needs a mentor. Yeah, I was mm -hmm. really honest because yes. I mentorship is key. It is to being successful as an engineer, especially in, in STEM. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, <laughs> I, you were in your office, I because I, I don't know something I don't really remember. But anyway, it was toward um, summertime. Mm -hmm. And you invited us to come and visit you. Yeah. So, um, again, we are located in um, the, the southernmost island of Japan. So we took a flight to Yokosuka to meet you. You immediately put, uh, took Aliyah under your wing. You took her to the um, water plant. 
um, there, uh, gave her a tour of how um, they process the waste on the, mm -hmm, the, the waste naval water. base. By yep. the way, this is a, a, a naval base, Yokosuka Naval Base, one of the largest in the Pacific, I think, in the world. Yeah. And um, then you took us out to dinner. And then we had, a, I'm getting really emotional right now because it meant so much to me. Mm. But um, I knew that I had to make the most of our meeting. And I asked you right there at the um, table. Mm -hmm. I said, will you be with my daughter? What can I expect from this relationship? I'm sorry, I'm really emotional. No worries. <laughs> I didn't no know I'd get this emotional. But anyway. <laughs> Not worried. My, it's my your daughter. To you, it's my daughter. And, mm -hmm. and I really wanted to see her excel. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I needed help. We needed help. Mm -hmm. And so again, my question was to you, what can I expect from this relationship? And you basically told me, do not worry. And that has been the case all this time. And, and, and I don't know if I can elaborate more, <laughs> but um, based because of the relationship that Alia has with you, she has had so many doors open to her. Mm. You have written countless letters of recommendation. <laughs> you. You know right. Some a little bit late, right? No worries. Um, or you're, not that you were late, but Aliyah, you know, asking for help late. Uh -huh. But you have, and it's not just the academic um, mm. aspect of this relationship that's important. It's also, it's that social, you, mm -hmm. you would call her and I don't know, maybe a birthday or something. How are you doing? Happy new year or something. That means so, so, so much. Mm -hmm. But again, um, I want to um, reiterate that because of the relationship that you have with Aliyah, she has been able to do some amazing things that I know she would not have been able to do without your help. So that's why I was getting so emotional mm -hmm. because um, <laughs> Thank you, you are really the key to Aliyah's success. And, and that is no, that is no secret. So Thank I'm you. All forever grateful. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm talking a little bit. Oh, too no, much. this is good. <laughs> I mean, this is good, real conversation. Like I said, we're going to have candid, candid, open conversation because I think that parents need to hear what you're you know the emotion behind what you're saying to understand the value in really putting themselves out there to seek a mentor for their child the reason i really really wanted you on here is because one i'm just so impressed with the amount of programs that you all have found and i know we'll get into details on how you've been able to identify and find those um, and again, you're, you are, you already established something right with the middle school students. And so it was natural that you would do this for your daughter, but it's like, you went the extra mile to ensure that she has somebody that was going to walk with her through that process. Absolutely. And since starting this podcast, I've had a lot of parents say, I'm going to share this podcast with my child. And I think it's very important for them to also hear from the parents of what they need to do in order to set their child up for success to navigate this program. I thank you for the kind words. When I won that award in 2019, it was a, a shock to me. And it was also me, another one of those um, affirm well, confirmations that I talk about when I um, talked about establishing SimSync 
that award was a confirmation for me to say, okay, God, you want me to be a mouthpiece for other people to encourage them along the way, because it's little old me, right? It's just little old Crystal right. who had to deal with her own you know, program. And I had good mentors along the way and people to help me as well. So I'm just honored that something like that is what sparked us to have the relationship that we have. And I'm forever grateful that you even sought me out and also recognized the value in having someone who looked just like your daughter to walk alongside her through this program. Um, and I intend to have Aaliyah on my podcast for her to tell her story also. And I'm really excited about that um, as well. And Crystal, if I may, um, um, for the, the uh, listeners, when I did this research on engineering mm -hmm. and um, how African-American students fare, it's, it's pretty bleak. Yeah. Um, you already know this, but 50% mm -hmm. uh, of students who start engineering, regardless mm -hmm. of race, drop out before mm -hmm. graduation. Okay. We know this. Right. And I started digging a little deeper and less than 1% of U.S. engineering bachelor's degrees are awarded to African-American women. That's why I was so uh, driven to find someone like you, because I was like, she is not going to make it. Mm. The, the statistic says that she's not going to make it. Right. So knowing that um, helped me um, just make knowing these statistics was a wake-up call to me to say you know what Jamila this is going to have to what is that saying it takes a village to raise a that's child right. mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that's exactly what what's going on right now this is a village absolutely and like I said I applaud a lot of what you've done as a parent to not only find me but to identify other avenues and support for her so in general what has the experience been like? Okay, now you have me as a mentor to her to help support her through that process. And now she's in a university thousands of miles away from you, right? Yes. What has that been like? Or what kind of, I guess, further support have you had to provide to her from, um, you know, afar? Okay, a little really? bit. Okay. Little bit of uh, background. Uh, so Aliyah attends uh, Ohio State University in Columbus, Ohio. It has one of the best um, engineering programs. Mm -hmm. um, she is currently a junior. She says she has enough credits to graduate, mm -hmm. but not as an engineering student. So mm -hmm. she is studying civil engineering. She has a minor in humanitarian engineering and a minor in French because she actually started out with French. It's a really long story, but um, French was one of her, um, one of her interests that she really wanted to improve. So it was like STEM, French, STEM, French. So she's um, hopefully will leave Ohio State with a, um, uh, a minor in, in French. Mm -hmm. So yes, she is a junior. And um, she's doing really, really well. She is, there are two African-Americans in her class. 
one male, one female. And I think both of them are of Somali ancestry. My daughter is half Somali. Mm. Yeah. My ex-husband is um, Somali and I'm, you know, American. So yeah, which is really cool. Um, And so interestingly enough, and I think you had something to do with this and I, I never shared it with anyone, but once she was writing a scholarship essay and it talked about challenges in the classroom. She mentioned something to the fact that she never, she never let being the only African American girl um, prevent her from uh, achieving her goal. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that she hadn't even really no even paid it much attention. And, and I'm thinking she has in her mind uh, exposure to. I don't know, African-American engineers and the fact that you are going to be in the minority. And, and this yeah. is like a, a reality to her. So when she shows up in the classroom, she's like, oh, I'm the only one. Okay, what's what's next? So mm-hmm. so that that sense of um, um, uh, how should I say um, being comfortable yeah. um, with that. Uh, notion that you you're going to be one of the few I think is really great and accepting Mm -hmm. yes I'm going to be one of the few but that's okay I'm still going to get my degree that's right that's right that's right not only that so she has two majors a minor and she's a member of engineers without borders a fantastic organization she will be going somewhere overseas, I believe it's Guyana, mm. um, next school year will she be, well, where she will be working in an impoverished community. Mm-hmm. She'll get a chance to use some of her language skills. And by the way, Aaliyah does speak uh, Spanish. That's actually her first language because mommy <laughs> taught her. Um, so she'll be able to um, help solve issues related to water in these little communities, et cetera. So yeah. This is so like she- her dream. Exactly. This she is, is so, her dream. She's so, and, and, and I tell her, this is what it's all about. That's sure, right. book work is great. Class work yeah. is great. But actually getting to the field is even better. That is so true. And it's going to make her even a much more skillful um, engineer. Uh, when I talk about my resource that I shared, I talked about people skills. And as soon as she can grasp what it means to actually apply what she's learned and really understand how to work well with people and service people. It's going to make so much of a difference. And And to see the need, mm -hmm. the the water need, because I don't, I don't know if she, like she's seen it to some degree, but Mm -hmm. I think she's going to be in communities that are are going to say, look, we're dying kind of thing. So yeah, this is fabulous. So She's amazing, no doubt about that. And in understanding all that she's been able to accomplish, what has it been like kind of behind closed doors as the parent? Because, you know, I think it's easy for everyone to see all the accomplishments. What type of support from your perspective has served, has been very vital during this entire process for her? Just just being there for her through the thick and thin. Mm-hmm. Um, Aliyah struggled with the standardized test, the SAT, the ACT. Uh, although her scores were not low, they were pretty good, mm-hmm. but they weren't, uh, let's say, stellar. And, and, and that, that hurt her 
Mm-hmm. I don't want to say it hurt her, but it maybe it, it had something to do with her self-esteem. Yeah. But I had to remind her, like I remind my students, you are not your SAT score. And what's interesting is that the SAT and all of these other standardized tests were created to uh, give schools an idea as to how well the student will fare at a, at a college level. Mm-hmm. Interesting a lot. I, I'm sure there are students with much higher uh, SAT scores than Aliyah who have dropped out of engineering. So <laughs> there is no uh, correlation between SAT scores and success. And my daughter proves that. And, and I wish I could go to her university and, and tell people like, look, <laughs> my daughter is still here That's right. with her not so stellar score. And the students who had perhaps perfect SAT scores have moved on to having business as a major. So so that is something that um, I was there for Aaliyah when when she would say, oh, my score didn't go up after Mm -hmm. having taken, Aaliyah took the test at at least twice. She took it at least twice. Mm And um, it's it, and it, she just wasn't satisfied because most students want to, you know, do um, as as well as possible. Mm-hmm. But each time I was just there with her, saying, "You are not your score. Mm-hmm. This is just one time in history. One, you know, you took it at two o'clock. It doesn't show your intelligence, and that's unfortunate." Thank goodness that many schools are becoming test um, optional mm-hmm. where they are not asking for these standardized tests because a lot of uh, college administrators are learning, you know what, we've been doing it wrong all these years. These tests are not great indicators for success in college, but that's a different story. So <laughs> yeah, as a parent, just always with Aliyah, um, celebrating the small accomplishments, the big accomplishments, mm-hmm. but I will say this, I was very present. Mm. It was intentional. I knew I could not be passive in uh, assisting Aliyah with this um, process because I knew that it would take something unique Mm -hmm. to get her through, to get her uh, to reaching her goal. So again, it, it it was a partnership. I was the facilitator. Um, we looked at, you know, online for scholarships together. Mm-hmm. It, it was, again, a partnership. That's and some people may say, oh, you know, she, she, she's old enough to do it. Uh, no, that is one of the biggest fallacies. Ooh. In my opinion, and this is what I tell my students, you cannot get into college and be the professional that you want by yourself. You cannot. You need someone. You need someone to support you along the way because it's so easy to give up. So I was a very involved parent because I know what happens to students who don't have support. They fall through the cracks. Absolutely. Quickly. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. They don't have that. And, 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 And the parent is like, oh, yeah. Um, the school is going to take care of the counselor. Mm. Another huge fallacy. Our schools are not set up to provide all the needs of our students. It's just not, it's not possible. Mm -hmm. But I think the average parent thinks that 
if I send my child to high school, that that high school will give my child everything he or she needs. No, 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 it is not their responsibility. And I knew that as an educator. So that's why I was so actively involved in her um, college admission process and okay. her getting, the, because I knew that uh, there was no other help. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's really good. And I think that you have the insight, like you said, as an educator and you see it, you work in the system and you're well under, you know, understanding of exactly what the schools are offering and, you know, to no fault of their own, right? The system is just set up in a manner um, that doesn't, that may not allow for the support that you're noting is really required in order for a student to be successful once they graduate and move on to uh, college curriculum, which I think is very real. And, you know, let's be honest, every school district is different and every every situation and opportunities that are afforded to these students are not equal. And I always say that the disparity in education a lot of times is that we don't all start from the same place. Absolutely. I was fortunate to attend a high school, and I talk about this already, that in, in Montgomery County, Maryland, a school system that's known for already starting off with, you know, providing certain levels of classes at certain, for students in general who exceed. And I think Maryland in general has gotten, gotten a lot better in providing, you know, specialized kind of high schools and things like that for certain tracks, which is great. So that it's just not based on the scores and trying to get into an IB program, IB program and things like that. Yes. Um, which I think a lot of times, again, is wreaking havoc on the self-esteem of a student because they feel like they're not, you know, able. And I have a lot of friends who did well in other counties, but once they made it to college, they were just like, I don't know how to study. <laughs> you know, I, wow. I didn't, I don't know how to study. I need to learn how to do that. And you see the, the, the differences, you know? So a absolutely. Question, a question I also have for you is how do you find these opportunities? You talk about that, you know, it being a partnership with you and Aliyah, and I think it's fabulous. I mean, some of the things that you all send me to write recommendations on her behalf, I'm just like, how is she finding this stuff? <laughs> what, what are some suggestions for how parents can find these resources? Um, there's several things I'd like to say about that. Mm -hmm. So uh, again, I was a, a sponsor of a college prep club. So one of my, um, not responsibilities, but one of the things I did was to look for resources for my students who, the members who were in the clubs. So, oh, you want to be a lawyer? Okay, so I would look for scholarships. So that was something that I just naturally did. But um, one of the reasons why it's difficult to find resources mm -hmm. um, is because there is a lot of resource hoarding Ooh, <laughs> in our society. That. Yes, I did not know that um, until, you know, my kids started, you know, be, you know, starting to, to apply uh, at the university. But yeah, many people are not going to share the scholarship uh, information. Mm -hmm. They're not going to 
share a lot of uh, information about summer uh, programs and internships. And because it's so competitive, I assume, and they don't want you to be their competitor, but there's a lot of hoarding. Mm. Um, and so knowing that again, that's again, another reason why I was my daughter's partner, because I knew that I could not depend on anybody who said, oh yeah, I heard your daughter wanted to be an engineer. Here's, here's a list of scholarships. No, um, we had a Google sheet that we used. Mm -hmm. um, one, uh, one sheet had uh, the scholarship opportunities. The next sheet was internship opportunities. It was, it was quite uh, systematic okay. and very, very helpful. In fact, this is how I um, teach my uh, students, the members of the College Prep Club, how to organize um, their scholarships and, and universities of interest, et cetera, et cetera. So basically um, online, Googling information mm -hmm. and not just looking at the information, but actually uh, recording the information in these um, Excel sheets um, and sharing it with my students. In fact, I have two students who have already left the school where I teach. They're now in mainland, not mainland, but stateside, mm -hmm. about to graduate. I mentor them every, I don't know, so often. And they have their spreadsheet. Uh, oh, these are the universities that I'm pursuing. These are the scholarships. These are the, it's, Wow. Legwork. Wow. Legwork. But I tell you one thing, um, many of the the call, uh, the high schools will not be providing such detailed information again because they can't. Right. It's not their job. They'll give you some standard, oh, like the Coca-Cola yeah. scholarship. Yep. That's great, but they're not gonna <laughs> right. They're not gonna tell you uh, give you information on a scholarship that's going to give you perhaps a full ride. And by the way, Alia does have a full ride to mm. Ohio State University. Mm -hmm. You were you one of the? Um, uh, did you write her a letter of recommendation? I believe you did. I think I did. I think yeah. I did. You're everywhere. So I am yeah. everywhere because I just want her to win, and she's doing so great, and it just makes it that much more easier. Let me ask you a quick question about your program. You talk about giving the students the information and making them do the spreadsheets and you know allowing them to get into the business of it this being systematic and you also talk about how the parents need to be involved is there ever a time where you bring the parents into the fold and maybe give them a lesson or a teaching or training on what they can do or are you strictly only for the students um interesting that you asked um Coming to this island, knowing that there was a lack of resources due to the distance, mm -hmm. I said to myself, there's a need to have a college prep program open to all students. And so I actually designed a program mm -hmm. for, and it was not free. I think it was like maybe $100 for maybe a two-month session mm -hmm. for the whole family. So I designed this um, college prep program um, open it up to the um, community. And I think I had one family. Wow. One family to join. And that was 
I that was disappointing because I felt that there was a demand for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could have been the fact that I didn't market. I did, you know, take the program to the high schools um, to and, and, and left flyers mm-hmm. so that um, people will be aware that it existed. I don't really know what happened, but again, I there is this this belief in many homes and many families that the school will take care of that type mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. That's so and true. That's so it, true. And it's because you know it's you're a taxpayer, you know, and, and that's what you know. So that that was yeah, unfortunate. The the program only lasted, I think, maybe four months or so. Uh, mm. I just didn't get any get any, any families, any students, uh-huh. um, unfortunately. And I had so many resources to share, Man. but, um, and it could have been the demographic of the, the families that I was serving. I really don't know. What right. the, or maybe they felt that, you know what, I'm not going to pay a hundred dollars because I can go to my counselor's office and mm-hmm. get this information. I can do this on my which own. Which is perhaps, right. yeah. But um, I'm I'm asking that question also because I imagine that (laughs) what will happen after people hear about everything that you're saying, folks may hit me up. Well, I'll say will and may hit me up and literally ask, you know, could she offer some more information or will she be willing to do a training or something of the sort? So I'm just curious if that was something that you had already looked into um, and if you had success in that way. As, assisting other families? Yeah, assisting other yes. families. Yeah. I've, I've um, to relatives and close friends, kind of. Mm-hmm. But in terms of announcing, hey, I have this program um, or I have, you know, these resources that I'd like to share. I have not done that in a public way. I've only okay. shared them with again, close friends and Mm -hmm. family. Um, And again, the students that I mentor. You just get ready. Just think about it. (laughs) Okay. Think about it. Yeah. That's uh, another project that I would like to have. But um, yeah, parents are a huge part of this. Mm -hmm. And the, the, for the members of the college prep club, sometimes parents will come in and I'm very frank with these parents. And I say to them in front of their student, you, you, you should be forming a partnership. Your kid cannot do this alone. That's Your so kid good. cannot. That's so good. I'm glad that you're really emphasizing that and allowing people to really hear you um, tremendously. And I think a lot of times, especially for people of color, they may be the first ones out, right? So their parents have no clue of what to do in any way. For me, I'm first-generation American. My parents are from Liberia. My mom and my dad um, weren't married, but and also with that, they did education in different loca- different countries, right? So they were not uh-huh. familiar with how everything goes here. And a lot of it was based on the counselor. And for me, I would say as a student, all I knew was what the counselors told me. I didn't really know enough. I knew I was going to college. I knew I wanted to apply to certain colleges. I know colleges were starting to write me, right? Um, But I really didn't know. And like Aaliyah, I didn't have high SAT scores at all, at all. So I I definitely understand that 
you really want to be, you know, I think I, I couldn't break 1200 or something like that. It was, yeah. Right. It was something like that. So I still higher than the national, the the national average, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but not high enough to get into like an MIT where many of those kids have like perfect scores. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. May may I say something, Crystal, before we continue? Mm -hmm. There's another um, bit of misinformation in that many parents feel that the college application process is the same as what it was 10 years ago, Mm. 20 years ago. They feel that, oh, you should be able to work over the summer and be able to pay for your tuition. Mm -hmm. That no longer exists. That no, the, the, the college application process has changed so much and the, again, the last 10 years, it, you would have to probably take a, a course and learning the, the new system because it's so different. And I think uh, that's another reason why parents think, oh, okay, I'll let Johnny take care of everything mm-hmm. because back in the day, Johnny could. Right. But nowadays it's way too competitive. Right. It's way too, and it's, so, it's extremely expensive because we want our students to be able to not have to take out student loans. So in order to be able to qualify for these high dollar scholarships, you're going to have to have something special mm-hmm. about yourself. So yeah, mm-hmm. so the college application, pro- the college admissions process is really, really changed and it continues to change. Right. How do, how would you recommend a parent become familiar with the process? Uh, excellent question. Um, there are several websites. The, the main website that I use with my students is um, through College Board, but it's bigfuture.com. Bigfuturecollegeboard.org. Mm-hmm. Okay. College Board is that organization that's responsible for your SAT scores. It's responsible for AP um, uh, and, and some other tests, mm-hmm. clepping, uh-huh. So College Board is huge. But the great thing about the website, bigfuturecollegeboard.org, is that there are several uh, links or uh, pages that will help you plan and organize oh, wow. your, your process. Uh-huh. Okay. That's so awesome. you, of course, have to create an account once you have your account, you can start accumulating uh, schools that interest you. And the great thing about that is that they have, um, a, 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 you're, you're able to, with a filter, choose the school. Okay, I want a school, uh, an HBCU, a four-year university in South Carolina where I can get a nursing degree. And so College Board will do all the magic and you'll come up with those school, with those schools and you keep them in your folder, oh, wow. so to speak. That's amazing. Um, it tells you what it takes to become a nurse, what careers you can have if you have a nursing degree, what schools have programs, what scholarships. So the first step would be big future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's is a, really- a great uh, starting place. It tells you the, the profiles of the universities. It's amazing. Okay. But if I may, mm-hmm. um, I have a really good resource for uh, any of your listeners who Absolutely. have 
um, students who either they have aspirations for uh, being a, an engineer or in the engineering program, but when looking at uh, programs for many of my students, I came across this website. Um, it is with the American um, Association, no, the American Society of Engineering Education. Um, they have a, a, a report that they produce every year. It's called Engineering by the Numbers. When one of my students approached me and said, hey, Ms. Muhammad, um, I think I wanna be a mechanical engineer. I go straight to this website and actually I've like made copies mm -hmm. and I check to see which schools, because it's the, the report um, provides information based on demographics, oh, um, gender, mm. um, uh, gender, race and mm. And, and school, for example. So I'm looking at it right now. And mm -hmm. so if I have a, an African-American student that I'm mentoring, I'll say, look, based on the, the research that has been done, it looks like these are the top schools that are producing engineers. Hmm. And usually it's North Carolina A&T that um, produce the most uh, engineers a year. Mm -hmm. And a student may say, oh, I really want to go to Syracuse University because my uncle and, I'm, and I said, you know what, um, I don't see Syracuse, not that it's not a great school and that you won't do well. But if, in my opinion, if a, if a university appears uh, on this list of top schools, graduating African-Americans, Hispanics, Native Americans, that means that school is doing something right. That's, that's true. And that's. You, do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Not all schools are created equal, not all universities. Many of these schools, and I've researched them, have programs that are so elite, that are so comprehensive, where it would be really, really difficult to fail. Mm -hmm. Everything from summer, summer boot camps, free textbooks, you get an automatic mentor, the dorm you're going to be living in will be full of engineers, clubs, and everything, support just nonstop. Mm -hmm. That is what I would like for my students, of course, and kids, to, to have a, choose a school, not because of its name. Mm -hmm. And by the way, Harvard isn't on here. The only Ivy League I believe is on here may be Penn, UPenn, maybe, but... The Ivy Leagues are not producing African-American or Hispanic engineers. Yeah, we learned that on one of the early episodes when Augusta talked about, uh, from BYS, Black Women in Science and Engineering, she talked about, she's a graduate of, of Harvard, and she said one of two in her program. Wow. Yeah, that shocked me. Wow. And I think that this resource that you're talking about seems so invaluable it's one of those things i'm just like how long have they been doing that because i wish i had you know something like this when i was going to school but then again for me and i've said this before i chose my universities because i knew i was going to go into a white male dominated field so i only applied to white you know predominantly white institutions um however it seems like the generations that are coming up are way more in tune with what it needs to nurture them 
not just from a technical perspective, but also from a support, you know, perspective in order for them to really do well. So it sounds like this resource, and please remind the listeners of what the resource is again. Okay, so it's um, it's a report called Engineering by the Numbers, mm-hmm. and it is through the American Society of Engineering Education, okay. ASEE.org. Okay. Um, and they do have some other resources, um, but it will give you a snapshot into who is really serious about graduating minority students. Again, it's for students of, of all races, but they do have it in black and white. Um, for example, one entry says bachelor's degrees awarded to black or African-Americans by schools. So number one is North Carolina a and You've got Howard, you've got Ohio State, you've got um, Georgia Tech, et cetera. And then you have Hispanics, et cetera. Mm. And women, these are the number of women who graduated at the bachelor's level, master's level, et cetera, et cetera. So I think if if parents had, uh, or students um, information, that will help guide them as to what university would probably be a good fit for for their kid. This is- As opposed to just willy nilly, you know. (laughs) Right. And and there's also money, there's money in this. I don't know if the federal government is supporting these initiatives, but there's money Mm. in these programs as well Mm -hmm. which is very key (laughs) right absolutely in order to have that support Jamila thank you so very much you have exceeded my expectations when it comes to presenting (laughs) all of this information for my prototypes my listeners I think you are a prototype as well in that you are definitely a model for other parents and I'm appreciative of you being very, very open and honest and direct about what it takes in order for students to succeed and what level of involvement is really needed for those students in order for them to succeed. So as we get ready to close, is there anything that you would like to add for the listeners to be aware of? Yes, and it's it's something that I've um, already mentioned, but I want to um, elaborate, not really elaborate, elaborate but I, I wanted to say that um, this process is not a meritocracy. Um, a lot of students and parents feel that, oh, because I have good grades, a great GPA, that I'll be able to, you know, be successful. It's not. Again, remember we talked about having a mentor and and, and establishing relationships with other people, the networking. So it's not a meritocracy. Grades are one part of this process, whether it's getting into a university or uh, uh, getting a, a scholarship, an internship. It's a combination of who you know mm-hmm. and your 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 merit. And that's a fact. Well, with that, we are going to go ahead and end. Thank you so much for your time, Jamila. It has been a pleasure having you on this wonderful episode of the STEM Sing podcast. Listeners, I hope that you felt like that was a good treat. And maybe there'll be a part two. Who knows? Because I imagine (laughs) that likely there will be people who will 
definitely have some questions um, for you and I would love to have you on. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Crystal. Keep up the great job that you're doing. Oh, you're so very welcome. This is the reason why we're doing this. And with that, I will just uh, go ahead and close. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ciao. <laughs>Thanks so much for listening and I hope you feel equipped and encouraged to stay the course along your STEM journey. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you are notified when a new episode is posted and share it with your contacts. You can listen weekly on your preferred podcast app or by visiting stemsync.net. I encourage you to become part of the conversation to help cultivate a network of support. Feel free to submit questions and topics with an email to podcast at stemsync.net or messaging StemSync via Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. Thanks for the link up and sync up, prototypes. Until next time.